listening, Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank you for listening. I'd love to start connecting with you, my listeners. If you'd like to share your thoughts about this episode or any of the episodes, watch for posts for each of them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I can imagine the energy of connecting over these inspiring people's stories. I mean, maybe, just maybe, you have the same passion, or maybe you've been wanting to talk to someone with this thing going on. Yes, we need to talk. Come find me. Okay, so this is one of those episodes where I feel like I've known the guest for my entire life, Jane Erbacher, and it's not just because we have the same name, but Jane Erbacher is a trainer and a podcaster and does about maybe one or three or five or 50 other projects helping people find their best. And that's what I love about her. It was so cool hearing how her whole motivation is the betterment of others. She wants to show them that, she wants to share that, and she's passionate about it. So definitely stick around for her story. Hi, Jane. Welcome to Glistening Particles. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I know. You know, I've been following you for a while here um, after discovering you on Instagram, and I'm not really sure how I sort of um, stumbled upon you, but it's been so fun watching this recent big event when you were in the U.S. kind of everywhere, right? I know. I love America, and I have literally just had the best few months of my life. I was kind of, um, I was in, actually, I was in San Francisco almost the same time you were. I was re- I was right nearby you. I almost like stalked you over to the bridge just to say, hey. I know. That's so <laughs> funny because, yeah, I remember you wrote to me and I was like, what is the likelihood of that? That was would have been so good if we'd been able to meet, meet there. Is that the point where you started thinking maybe I was a stalker? <laughs> <laughs> no, I never thought you were a stalker, but it was so funny because my my head was so in like uh, like two of the businesses that I run that I was like not even thinking about podcasting. I was just like that was just like not on my plate at that stage. So I was like, ah, I can't do it, and I wanted to do it because my podcasting is my favorite thing. So. So how did you, so like this project that you got on, this that you're doing, mm-hmm. Projects Row and Ski, is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And what, how did that start? Like, did you start that or did the company with the, the equipment start it? How did that begin? Yeah, well, I started it because, um, it's a funny story because uh, about 18 months ago, I left, I owned a gym for two years with some friends of mine here in Melbourne. And I left that business feeling very, disheartened and low confidence because my business partners did not turn out to be um, great friends in the end. And um, it's funny because a lot of the time that I was working there, I was really loved 
rowing and I really loved skiing. And my business partner used to tell me it was just because I had big thighs and, um, <laughs> and that I was heavy, that I was good at it. And I was like, oh my God, maybe this is true. And so I started to really research both rowing and skiing. And I was like, wait a second, that doesn't help. I was like, maybe I am actually just good at something. And so a lot of people after I left that business just kept asking me to help them on the rower and on the ski. And I was mm-hmm. like, maybe this is something. And uh, towards the end of last year, I just started to run workshops for people and just invite people along for free. And I started to really understand how much I felt like rowing and skiing could be transferred to people's lives. So I got to deliver the messages that I love, which is, you know, all about betterment and all about, you know, doing the best that you can and putting effort in and effort over ability. And I got to apply that on fitness equipment. Okay, wait a second. So you create, no, no. I mean, I was following that project because I saw you all around the country doing these workshops and you're saying that you created that project yourself. Yeah, totally. Oh my God. That is like, now it's like about a hundred times cooler. Okay. Just to be honest with you. I I know because I thought the company that had, that made the machines hired you to come do this thing, but I didn't realize you actually created that. It's so cool. Yeah, it's really funny because I I never meant it to become what it's become. And what I've realized is that for me, it's like, it's not just about the like actual rowing and skiing. It's about connecting with people. And so the way that I deliver it is completely, it's connecting with people on like a human level rather than just the fitness stuff. And so I think that's what's created the buzz is that it's something a little bit different in that it's not just performance-based. It's not just, you know, you don't have to just be genetically blessed or built a certain way to be good at it. It's like, you know, like it's the whole thing of empowering somebody to do something better, no matter what their level is. And I think that's what makes people excited about it. That that's one of the coolest things since I started training about, I don't know, seven years ago, more, you know, very consistently, still a long way to go. But, but every time that I can look at myself and go, wow, I've like overcome what I thought was a limit. It's the most exciting Mm -hmm. moment. And I saw you doing that again and again. Mm -hmm. Like um, one Mm -hmm. of the, one of the quotes I think that I used in one of my episodes was about how you helped people see that they did not have to pay any attention to those limits, like that their bodies could Mm -hmm. do so much more than they thought. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you do that in in one workshop? Um, I, Actually, don't know. I think that <laughs> I think that um, I use a lot of how I feel um, in certain situations, and I I'm really honest about it. So I think that one of the best things you can do with people is demonstrate that you also feel vulnerable. And the way I kind of introduce myself in that in Project Row is I say that it was something I was really bad at, and it was something that I didn't understand, and it was something that somebody told me that I was only good at in a way to put me down. And so it was, it was a, like a kind of a, a place where I didn't have any confidence. So I talk a lot about that. And from that, people realize that they can relate to me. Mm-hmm. And so then they don't feel self-conscious as well. But I'm not really sure. I know that when I deliver the workshops, I, I put a lot of energy and effort into um, connecting with each person individually. I always make sure I remember everybody's name. I find out a little bit about their story. I found, find out why they're there mm-hmm. and I try and look, get to know them on an individual level, even though it's a group, uh, opportunity. You know, have you always been like this? Because what I've seen through all of the places I've seen you right through your Instagram, through your videos, through your podcast, 
through the stories about the Project Row and Ski, um, you just have this like really powerful presence of really meaning what you do. You know what I mean? Like you're just like fully in yep. on what you do. Have you always been like that? That's a really good question. And it's interesting to try and think about it. I think I was, um, I think I have been, I've been very open my whole mm-hmm. life. I remember my mum had to tell me when I was very little, um, cause I used to just go up to people and introduce myself when I was like <laughs> very, very small. And I just asked them questions and mum used to have to say to me, you know, not everybody is good. Like somebody might steal you. And, um, and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I started to be a little bit more cautious, but still very, uh, open. And then I guess something that really, uh, like shaped like the way that I am now is like my mum died when I was 11 and what that taught me after you know a few years because it took me a really long time to I mean you you never get over something like that but it really taught me to value every single person that you meet Mm -hmm. because it's and and I've definitely there's a part of me that has no worry about getting close to people I love getting close to people so when I meet people I'm very much I'm in, like I'm all in. And Mm -hmm. I think that that experience really showed me that there was meaning to every single relationship that you have the opportunity to have. That's really true. You know, and it actually, it makes me think about the relationship you mentioned at the very beginning about your former business partners. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the thing. Do you ever find this when you are the sort of person that goes all in with people, then when they do, when it doesn't go well, you're like, yeah, it's, it's almost like what happened? That's not how it goes. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I'm always surprised about that because I, I definitely do, um, have like the best intentions when I meet people and when I like make friends, I never think that somebody's going to be a jerk to me. And so I guess I'm often surprised when it turns out that way. And on a good day, I'll just think, Oh man, they must have, you know, a really crap life going on or something <laughs> like I'll put it down to like, you know, I'll pour them. And then other days I'm like, what did I do wrong? I must've done something wrong. And after that experience with my business, it was definitely, I spent a really long time thinking that it was me and mm. thinking that, you know, I, I hadn't done well enough and I hadn't, you know, been the person that I needed to be in that situation. And I've come to the point now where I've realized that I'm definitely better now. There's no doubt about it, but I know that I didn't do the, any anything wrong. Like I just, it was just a clash. Yeah. It's good that you, I mean, I think that's a great story. The fact that you reflected mm. on it and can go back and make it right which is that you mm. did you didn't do anything wrong I think that's so normal right I have, the, totally. I have that too where relationships don't go right and either business or friendships or whatever and you're like what did I that didn't I didn't see yeah. that going that way so I like that you yeah have, exactly that's a great story of how you turned it around um can I ask yeah. you a specific <laughs> rowing question since we're sort of on the <laughs> yes. okay Definitely. All right. And hopefully everybody will benefit from this. But um, yes, so I go to a new gym and normally Mm -hmm. when I'm not doing like uh, functional training and weight resistance type of things, I do biking or walking Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the bike at the new gym (laughs) doesn't seem to work Mm -hmm. for my body. So it's very painful. So uh, I was I saw the rowing machine Ah. and I thought (laughs) maybe I should do that. But when I do it and I use it, but when we do it, um, it seems like I either like, can you tighten up the resistance of the leg part or something like that? Cause like I push back so fast that I'm almost like off the back of it, but then the pulling part is a lot harder. So what am I doing wrong? 
I love it. Okay, so yes, it's some, it's funny because a lot of people ask me the exact same question. Really? And they're like, I need okay. like a seatbelt or something to, to strap me into the seat. Exactly. And I'm like, well, it's funny you should mention that because so basically the way you're actually supposed to row is that your butt is like the primary driver. So your glutes are the number one muscle that you use on the rower. So if you're really? feeling like you're flying off the back of the seat and your feet are kind of lifting up off the foot stretches, it means that you're not engaging your butt at all when you're rowing. Because if you were, then you would stay put on the seat. So okay. the way to actually do that, and if you tell any woman like this is a you know, a butt exercise, it's a glute exercise. They're like, show me. I want this. Right. I'm all in um, for that. Exactly. Yeah. You're fully like all is. Um, so as you actually push back, so um, the way that I teach rowing is that it's push then pull. So you push with your feet and your feet should actually stay firmly planted. They should never lift up on those straps at all. Okay. And so in order to push your feet down, you've got to um, flex your toes down as if you're driving a car and you're like pushing on the accelerator. So you push your toes down, okay. your heels will stay grounded as well because you want them to. Um, but if you push your feet down, then you'll stay on the seat and your butt will really be engaged. And then as you come in and you come back into, you know, the screen and everything, what we call the catch position, you actually want to keep your feet firmly planted rather than pulling in with the straps. Yep. I'm doing it exactly wrong. So that was good yeah. to know. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have to come to my workshop next year. I'm coming back to the US. So. Oh, definitely. It would be like the biggest oh. treat to meet up with you and go to one of your workshops. So definitely will we happen. We definitely will. But there's yeah. where kindred spirits definitely I know. Meet. I know. And it's so cool that we have the same <laughs> name. The same. I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and when's your birthday? It's in December. December 4th. How about <laughs> you? on September 23rd. It'd be nice if we had the same birthday too. <laughs> well, we can just, yeah, we'll just pretend it is. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so funny. I love it. I know. But you should definitely use Roa. It's like, it's an incredibly, incredible machine. Like it actually is. And it's hilarious that I've become such a huge advocate for it because I, I'm telling you, I got on it like maybe 10 years ago and I was like, this is really hard. I don't mm -hmm. want to do it. And then I was kind of like, hmm, maybe if it's hard, it's like really good for me. <laughs> no, wait a second. You, you hold like a world record, right? Oh, someone this. took it. But yes, I, oh. I had one for my momentary uh, moment in time. <laughs> but um, it was on the ski erg actually. But I'm training to try and get uh, some more on those on that because it's a relatively new sport, mm -hmm. the ski erg. And so uh, there isn't, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but there isn't a huge amount of competition just yet on it. Okay. So um, I can, whereas rowing, it's like, I mean, that's been in, like an Olympic sport for mm -hmm. many years. So there's some absolute like beasts out there. So um, the ski erg, which I absolutely love, my friends bought me one for my birthday last year when I was showing a real interest in it. <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, so I got a world record uh, earlier this year and that was um that was pretty funny because I posted it on Instagram and all of a sudden I had all these people writing to me telling me they were going to beat it, like in a really nice way. But right. I was like, well, I guess I should be proud of myself that it's generated so much conversation. <laughs> We're taking they leave you down. Or it's like the throwdown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's... So, yes, I don't have it at the moment. But... Oh, well, congratulations anyway. You had it. You know, lots of people haven't like me. Totally. I rang my dad and I was like, Dad, I got a record on the ski erg. And he's like, what is that? Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, guess you're proud of me, Dad. Thanks. <laughs> okay. I didn't know what that was either. I had to actually Google it. I'd never heard of one before. 
Um, and I, I'd never seen one in any of the mm. gyms that I've been in. So I must not be going to the right gyms, but I did see it on your um, Instagram and your project row and ski videos and things like that. And it looks really hard. Really hard. It's really a very niche market. Uh, it's like, so the training philosophy that I follow is by this group called Jim Jones, basically, mm-hmm. and they originated in Salt Lake City. And it's Jim with a G-Y-M. And they actually created that name as a bit of a, uh, it was supposed to be ironic in that it was most fitness <laughs> movements are cultish. And uh-huh. so they decided to create one that apparently wasn't cultish. But I think most <laughs> fitness movements definitely do um, attract an element of, you know, following. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's kind of, um, it's called Jim Jones and it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but basically they love the ski erg. I think it's the best. And I always make jokes that it's because it makes people's lats look huge in a picture. So these meatheads at Jim Jones who are my friends, but they, <laughs> um, they love being like jacked in these pictures. So I, I feel like that's how the ski got so big. But um, that's kind of where I was introduced to it. And so it's a very new piece of equipment. They used it in the CrossFit uh, games this year. So I'm expecting that the ski actually becomes as mainstream as the rower uh, in, the, in the next couple of years. And, um, and the cool thing about Project Ski, like I only came up with that secondary to rowing. And, but there, there's nobody that I know of that's actually traveling around and running workshops on the ski erg because it's such a new piece of equipment. So that gives me a little bit of a... Um, uh, an advantage, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Were people pretty excited about using it? Like when you went to the workshops, had the people were the people there new to the machine completely? Well, the places that I've been running it, they've had the machine, but most people actually don't know how to use it, right? Mm-hmm. So they, a lot of the people uh, would come to my workshops, and the cool thing about my workshops is it's it's normal people that just mm-hmm. want to be a little bit better, and so a lot of them are kind of like of the. They, they want to get better at the rower because they understand it. Whereas the ski, they're like, I hate that. I don't understand it. Like, mm-hmm. And especially girls, because we'll look at it and we'll think that it's like, well, you have to get the handles from A to B. So I just am going to pull with my arms. Mm-hmm. And then we say to ourselves, well, my arms aren't big enough. My arms aren't strong enough. I can't do it. And what I actually teach them is it's it's a totally, it's a leg movement anyway. So um, people walk away from it and get super excited about it because it's, it's it's super misunderstood like people don't get it and so I guess then they walk away and they get really excited my, my primary goal is to walk away and they've had fun they are looking forward to going to the gym that week mm-hmm. to put their new skills into practice and that's what makes me really excited oh I bet and people in the videos did look pretty excited but I didn't realize <laughs> it was a leg machine is that because you're yeah, sort of so, squatting as you're doing it yeah so you're like pushing through the floor okay. and if you can generate enough power downward the handles just follow through what your legs have actually created. Okay. And so, I mean, my my science teachers in school would be like completely amazed by the fact that I actually am starting to understand physics now at 32 <laughs> years of age. But it's like, yeah, all about generating force downward to like create the movement rather than pulling. So it, it took me a lot to actually like uh, this time a year ago, I was actually at Jim Jones and we had a, te- a special test to do on the ski and I was exactly 12 months ago. I could not ski and I hated it. I was like, this is stupid. This is a dumb machine, <laughs> all this stuff in my head. And I failed the standard that they'd asked of us. And I, I remember I walked away and I was like, that's it. I'm going to get better at it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to actually get better at this because it's not enough that I just write it off. So I came home, my friends put in and bought me one for my birthday and I just started to read 
every single thing that ever been put out there about the ski. And I realized that there's very little out there. So what I actually started to do was um, like kind of draw diagrams about the biomechanics, like the body biomechanics that are required to move the machine. And I started to understand it in that way because I'm obsessed with biomechanics. I'm obsessed with which muscle groups it takes to, you know, create any kind of motion. And, um, and I'm obsessed with like, um, balance in our body. So like our glutes working and our quads working and our core working. And I'm obsessed with it because it prevents injury, but also because it makes us, our body move better if we move better basically. So came home and studied it. And that's why it's, I guess, project ski is something I'm the mo- one of the most proud of and getting that world record because literally 12 months ago, I couldn't even do the movement. That's incredible. And you know what? I, I even see a trend here. If I, I, I mean, I know yeah. we've only had like a half an hour of conversation, but is it, is it a true statement that when someone tells you you can't do something really yeah. well, yeah. you're pretty much yeah. going to prove that wrong? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I kind of walk away and I, I, I probably go home and have the exact same pattern. I say to my boyfriend, oh, they said this and I'm really bad at it. It must mean I'm really bad at it. And he's like, so what are you going to do now? And I'm right. like, show them they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I definitely wallow for a little bit of time about it. I know, but I'm the same way. It's like, um, okay, I'll like I'll have the little cry. Then I'm like, okay, now you're going to see what really happens. Now I'm exactly, yep. yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's absolutely like every growth that I've ever experienced has come out of struggle, like without yeah. a doubt. Like it's like if something has come easy to me, I don't take proper advantage of it at all. Like usually things that I've created have come from it being really hard for me at first. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's probably one of the, the greatest ways then people connect with me because it's not, it hasn't come from just being naturally gifted in any capacity. Right. Well, I think there are some natural gifts, but maybe, maybe it wasn't originally the skier. (laughs) Totally. I always say to my boyfriend that my, my natural talents, I say I have two and, and he's like, okay, what are they? And I'm like, I'm just so good at finding things. Like anything that's lost, I'm just like, I can find it. Like Ooh, it's just uh, like, skill. yeah, it's like I'm a frustrated detective. Yeah. And then the <laughs> other natural talent I have is if anything's falling off like a bench or a table, I can catch it. <laughs> Those are really handy. They're not really careers, but they're, well, I guess the no, detective one. <laughs> not really careers. <laughs> <laughs> but they're awfully handy Not yet. <laughs> totally I could be like my next business could be like project find me or something <laughs> <laughs> definitely sounds like a, a dating app yeah, <laughs> right. <Not> like... <laughs> project catch my stuff yeah like that one. totally exactly yeah <laughs> although both of those definitely are underrated skills yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see those two things. Sorry, coming. I go off track all the time. Because <laughs> I totally did not see those two things coming. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like persistence and um, I don't know, um, configure, configure ethic, things like out. Edit. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. No, configure things out. Nah. <laughs> so, okay. Nah, just finding things. <laughs> I'm gonna. So next time I'm missing something, I'm just gonna message you and say, "Hey, can you like, from a distance, like hone in on where right. I might find this?" Okay, good. We're gonna test It'll that. It'll be in the pocket of the jacket you're wearing. That's yeah. basically. I'm just giving away my talent. <laughs> that's where everything is. <laughs> you just ruined it. You just. Totally Sorry. Okay. You can still call me though. <laughs> okay. So my my next question that's been sort of like pondering in the back of my brain is. How did you end up in the field of fitness? What was your driver for that? 
great question. So I finished high school and I, I loved high school. It was really fun. And I know, yeah, everyone's like, what? And, um, and I finished and I didn't get into, I thought straight out of high school I wanted to do a law degree. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get in, just missed out. And so I started university and we have um, a degree in Australia called arts, which is like a, a general degree, like politics, sociology, English, all of that kind of stuff. And I got into that and I went for two weeks and I really struggled with, oh, there we go again, I struggled. Um, <laughs> I really struggled with how big university was and how many people there were there that I didn't know and I was just so out of my comfort zone and so I stopped after two weeks and I was super like afraid of continuing. And so I, I kind of came home and I said to my dad that I was going to, you know, take a year off and, you know, do the whole find myself thing. And you tell my dad was like, oh, no, I know what Jane's like. She takes a year off and this is going to be a really long time. And so <laughs> one year off uni became four years of uni. And, <laughs> and my dad was right. <laughs> and, um, but I, I went, I went to um, like the – what we call in Australia a TAFE, which is more of a like hands-on kind of learning. And I did my course to become an aerobics instructor because okay. I thought at 18 years old, I loved going to aerobics classes and I got really excited and I thought, I want to be that person up there that gets people excited about their exercise. <laughs> so went and became an aerobics instructor and was working as an aerobics instructor and personal trainer just in the local gym for a few years. And I started to really understand that it, my, one of my huge areas of interest was health and fitness and nutrition and I was always somebody from about 16 years old where I'd really worried about my weight and my body and I'd spent so much time not going out and not you know seeing friends and doing stuff because I felt self-conscious of my body and yet I was working in the fitness industry and so Mm -hmm. I really this was such a contradiction to me and I thought maybe if I feel like this I can help other people who feel like this and what I didn't really realized then was that I needed to put effort and focus into myself and not necessarily other people at that time because I hadn't figured it out yet I thought I could help other people figure it out mm-hmm. and um, I don't ever figure that out by the way but um <laughs> so that's kind of how I got into it and so I went then went back to uni and I studied a double degree in arts majoring in sociology and then I also did a health science degree so that kind of got me into anatomy and physiology and and all that and I majored in public health and my goal at that time when I was about 25 was actually to be a, a physio which I think you call physical therapist in America okay um, but I thought I could help people with rehab and stuff like that and anyway I was that was kind of what I was working towards and the whole time I was working as a personal trainer by then I'd la- launched my own personal training business and I was training people outdoors and you know driving around in my little tiny car <laughs> filled with sports equipment and boxing stuff and Anyway, I finished that double degree and I uh, realized I'm like I'm obsessed with uh, human rights and inequality and um, that kind of thing. And so I thought uh, well, the way politics were in Australia, I decided I wanted at that time then to do a law degree because I thought I could do something that might, you know, help change the world. So mm-hmm. um, in my idealistic youngest child brain, I thought that would be the best way to do it. So I actually started a law degree then and the exact same time I actually um, opened my gym. So I was doing oh my gosh. two things. Yeah, completely different. So I'm still going with my law degree. I haven't finished yet. I've got four subjects left and it's it's really taken a long time. But I've definitely realized now that I have done that degree as 
simply to learn because I find it, I actually find it really interesting and I like my brain working in that way, but I definitely am going to stay working in the capacity that I work rather than as a lawyer now. <laughs> that was a long-winded answer. No, Sorry, that's, I always go off engine. It was a great answer, and it's interesting <laughs> that you continue to give that amount of commitment to the law degree, even though you were doing something that you were fulfilled with and successful with. But um, yeah. sometimes I think we have those things that we just have to do. That's kind of like me. I have a career, but I do this show yeah. Because I love yeah. it. Like, I can't not do it. You know what I mean? It's yeah, my, you're really I, good at it, too. Oh, thank you. So are you. That's the thing. I, <laughs> I'm like, I just, I listen to you and I'm like, oh, well, I wish I had an Australian accent or something like that going for me. <laughs> that was so, that, I tell you what, I think that's why a lot of people came to my workshops in America. I think they were like, oh, we get to listen to this Australian talk. And I was like, that's fine. Whatever, whatever <laughs> like, it I'll takes. Take it. Right, right. Yeah. It doesn't work that way for us from America. We go places and people are like, ah, Americans, you know, the accent doesn't really wow people anymore. <laughs> well, I get excited by it. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I love it. Yeah. So it's amazing how this really went so many different directions. Now, when I was looking yeah. at your website, which is phenomenal mm -hmm. as well, um, mm -hmm. it was like I would scroll down and there would be another thing sure. and another thing and another thing. I'm like, this is like 10 people doing things. So you've got, <laughs> you've got the Me Project, the Your Revolution yep. podcast, Project yep. Row and Ski, um, yep. Ur Urban Heartbeat. Is that something as well? Yes. So I um, basically I came up with that idea. So it's really funny because anytime I've ever worked with any kind of like coach, they're like, you get the priorities. You currently have 10 and I'm like, but I can't not have them all. So I definitely I have this theory in my head that I basically focus on three at a time and the mm -hmm. other things sit in the car park and they just are constantly shuffling which means I have more than three priorities basically mm -hmm. I've just used my 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 lawyer skills this is this entire degree <laughs> to justify that to myself so urban heartbeat basically on my very first overseas trip I went with my sister and it was amazing we had the best time we went through Europe and America and this is uh in 2009, I remember I was in uh, the south of France and I was walking around and we were just enjoying everything that we were eating because, I mean, it's probably got the greatest food in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, each day I was eating like croissants and women tarts and whatever else there was. And I said to my sister, I'm really missing exercise. I would love if there was some kind of overseas trip that had exercise incorporated. And my sister's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Like, you know, just whatever. And I remember I mentioned it to one of my friends who – he is so passionate about travel and helping people book holidays and stuff or vacations and stuff. So we we talked about it in 2009 and we talked about it again in 2010 and then nothing kind of happened until about 2016 and he left his full-time job and we were like, let's actually do this. Let's make this happen. And so we came up with the concept of Urban Heartbeat and basically it's we take people on vacation to big cities, the best biggest and best cities in the world and we we plan their entire tour just like a normal tour group but the focus is health and fitness and so the day starts with a workout somewhere and then I'm I'm a real foodie I absolutely love food and I love coffee and I love finding where locals eat and uh -huh. drink their coffee and so that's like a a serious like again I think that fits into my whole need to find things uh -huh. <laughs> like I love finding <laughs> hidden gems in local places uh -huh. so it's all planned out and we we eat and then we basically cover the city so we take them pretty much on a tour 
So last year we did New York and then this year we did New York and California. So we did two separate Urban Heartbeats. Oh, so you had people with you on those trips? Yeah, yep. So on um so for my for July, so I had a pretty packed schedule, but for July I did a ten day Urban Heartbeat through New York and at the start and end of those I had Project Row workshops on, which are a separate but yeah, for ten days I was pretty much taking people around New York, taking them to different workouts and and all the cool New York stuff because it's my favorite place in the world. So I was oh pretty gosh, excited. Oh, how fun. Other so good, yeah. What a fun life. And then California. I know, gosh. it's amazing, isn't it? Yes. So who, <laughs> who plans all the details of that, like all the, the food places and the workouts and the coffees and all that? Who plan, Do you plan that in detail yourself? Yes. So well, my business partner is amazing at the booking part. So he's amazing at the accommodation, the all of the transport and all of the, you know, airfares and flights and all that kind of stuff. He loves that. He's got like incredible attention to detail. And then I'm more uh, activities. So okay. I'll do the, I'll know exactly where the workout is on. I'll book all that in. I'll know exactly where we're going to go and eat and drink straight after um, and I'll know the itinerary for the day and then we put it all together. So we have totally different, a totally different skill set, which is really great. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, the interesting thing this year was California. I don't actually know California well at all. Well, I didn't until this trip. And so I knew a lot of people that owned gyms and fitness centers and stuff. So all of that was organized. But I was in the process right before kind of people would arrive of uncovering the kinds of places that I wanted to eat. And then I realized that in California, it's actually really easy to eat really well. (laughs) It is, isn't it? Oh, I know. It was so easy. Like, and something that America is doing so much better than Australia is this whole farm to table movement Mm -hmm. and the buy local and stuff. Like I love that wherever you go, it's like a lot of places, local places are like supporting local. And I, I really like that. Yeah, it's especially, I mean, it, it is across the country, but especially in California. Like we had such a great time. We started in San Francisco and then we were there for a few days and then we drove down uh, all the way into LA and we stayed over in oh. Ventura for a night. And it was the best. Like I absolutely loved it. It was beautiful. That drive is so gorgeous too. I mean, you've got incredible sights where you are as well, but it's just mm. there's something. Plus the bridge. I saw, I think you posted yeah. about that. Like you cannot oh. believe how beautiful it is until you're actually there. I actually can't. And it's so funny because I didn't think like I was a bridge person. I remember <laughs> my mom that came yeah. home. Yeah, at all. And my brother came home from New York years ago before I'd ever been. And he's like, Jane, the bridges are so beautiful. And I'm like, you are crazy. As if anybody (laughs) describes the bridge as beautiful. And yet I'm like, the bridges are beautiful. And that Golden Gate Bridge, Mm -hmm. it's like mystical or something. Like it's, it's amazing. It is mystical. Actually, like I, the first time I saw it, I I literally felt like I fell in love with it. Like with the essence of it. And every time we go back there, my son and I, we walk it and it's so much fun to just, yeah. part of that energy and and plus yeah. it does it's mystical too because it's misty like sometimes you go to it yeah and you're like whoa you can only see like the very bottom or the very top you know yeah. it's really surprising so yeah it's so cool I absolutely loved it so what were some of your favorite places do you have, remember like your favorite coffee place or place to eat in any of those mm-hmm. stops well, like, it's really funny because I'm tr- I'm trying to think of the names. I absolutely love Bondi Harvest in LA, which is hilarious because it's actually a Melbourne, I mean a Sydney cafe <laughs> that moved 
to LA, so not to be parochial at all. Uh-huh. But yes, we made made sure we made it to the Australian cafe. But um, there was this really great. So one of my friends has opened a gym in Echo Park in LA, mm-hmm. and I really liked it around there. It's kind of like a hipster area, and I always think that hipsters are like they take their food really seriously and they take their coffee really seriously. And I'm like, I can only benefit from this. This is great. And so I found this great hipster cafe called Ostrich Farm, which was right near the gym in Echo Park. And I loved it. That was my last day in LA. And I had this beautiful like roast vegetable salad, Mm. which was just amazing. And something that I love about America is you can alter things on the menu and they're okay with it. Like whereas in Australia, it's like they'll be like, no, there's no alterations to this dish. Sorry. Really? <laughs> oh, I would yeah. never survive. I mean, that's what I do yeah. with everything, everywhere I go, yeah. especially because I'm mostly paleo. I'm like, um, could you maybe yeah. do this instead of that? And then this and that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And in America, it's like they always oblige. And it's like today I had a, a breakfast meeting with some people and I, I asked for I asked for the egg not poached. I asked for it fried. I really wanted it fried. And they're like, sorry, we can't we can't change that. And I was like, oh, take me back to America. <laughs> not even a simple thing like that. Oh, bummer. But it depends. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, some places do that. I'm giving Melbourne a really bad rap. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, no offense to Melbourne. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. So, um, totally. It is. So tell me, like, what is your next thing, even though you've got five million things going on? Like, what is it? Do you have any ideas of what, like, what that thing out there is that you're going towards next? Well, it's really funny that you ask that because my boyfriend is actually in the process of redoing my whole website. And it's taking him a long time because I've got so many different uh, projects. I'm going to use the word project because everything I do is a project. And today we were driving along and I was like, Ooh, I can feel that something else is coming. You know, I'm going to come up with an idea at the moment. It's been a while since I've come up with an idea and you could tell he was just, just like, please don't. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like 20 minutes away from finishing your website. Please do not add something else to my <laughs> list of things to put on onto it. But I, it's really interesting because I think that's something that I'm super keen on right now is doing exactly what I'm doing really, really well and sustaining it, Mm -hmm. which I think I'm such a, I'm so excited by new things that Mm -hmm. I think that right now I'm in a space where a real achievement for me would be to create something sustainable and ongoing with everything that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So rather than get excited by the next shiny object, I want to, I want to make, you know, Project Row and Project Ski like a movement. And I want to make you know, have my podcast keep on growing and I want to like, you know, have Urban Heartbeat go well. And I want to really with everyone that I coach with the me project, I want to really engage with them and get incredible results rather than be distracted by something new and exciting. I totally get that. Like we are weirdly kindred spirits. I'm not even kidding. Because um, I've been the same. I mean, my projects, I've had the same career my whole life, but I've always had all these like mini projects that I delve into and my family watches me and wonders when the next one's coming. Totally. The podcast one, though, it's like, I don't even know how I I remember. So I just hit a year on it and I Mm -hmm. took a pause and went like, should I keep doing this? I mean, it takes 10 to 20 hours a week. I could be like working out more or I don't know, having fun, going doing having fun. (laughs) And um, I realized that I didn't know who I would be anymore without it. It's like so ingrained in my being that. Totally. And it's so incredible, the conversations that you open up. Like that's the thing. It's like nothing else would take the place of that. Like it's like you'd have a a really like big part of you missing because it really does 
it gives you the opportunity to ask the kinds of questions that you don't really get to ask in so many of the superficial conversations that we have in day-to-day life. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I mean, it, unless I can like fund the thing where I want to go travel and like live different places six months at a time, and then I can just ask yep. all those people questions. But for yeah. now, this is the way I have to do it. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, totally. Um, I have a question. I mean, I love the idea though, <laughs> that you're digging in on these things and kind of right, like sticking with them and it's going to be amazing to see what they're doing in six months and a year because they can only continue to get more and more, I don't know, beneficial and exciting and great. Like I'm hoping maybe you'll come here and do in like, you know what in Madison, which is where I near where I live. That's where, yep. the, that's where the CrossFit games were. Just saying. Oh, that's awesome. And they're going to be here that, next year too. So, that, um, Oh my God, they're going to be there again next year. That is so awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'll totally come for that. Okay. I, I think that <laughs> I would be so interested to come and watch that. Those people are unbelievable. I know. And then you can do some of your Project Row and Project Ski things here in Madison. Exactly. It would be perfect. Okay. So I'll and be it's your funny on-site person. I'll hook you up here with everybody. Perfect. Okay, good. You can take me to all the great local places to yes. eat too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> That's the best. But it's interesting because I've just, um, I'm give, I'm testing. It's funny that you said, uh, are you doing anything new? Because right now I'm testing kind of this new idea I have, which I've called the Your Evolution Reset. And basically it's more of a, it's more of a, the, the way I actually want to do it is it's a lot of people want to change their body and they start with their food and they start with their training rather than starting with what's going on kind of in their head and stuff. And so I'm actually about to run this for the very first time. It's just a, it's, it's a workshop to start with and we kind of uncover all of the different reasons why people aren't where they want to be. And then I give people a, a plan to follow and then we, we meet up again in a month. So I'm trying this, this pro- program for the very first time so hopefully in 12 months when I'm there for the CrossFit Games with you that is something that's happening as well I am so excited about that in fact I saw the information about it on Instagram and I hopped out there right away thinking I could join and then I'm like oh it's not a virtual thing it's all in thing no fear so um, it was really funny because my boyfriend said I have to do it remotely like he's like you just have to because I've bothered to make all these contacts all around the world so I am doing it with some people remotely even though I'm I'm better in person I Mm -hmm. I am definitely opening up options for people who aren't in Melbourne oh me 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 put me in yes (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding I was so excited when I saw it and okay so and I was reading about I was reading about it and you were saying like it really resonated with me because you talked about how when you work with people, you don't look, just look at like their fitness. You don't just look at what they're eating. Mm-hmm. You look at those other things. And yeah. I think for everybody, and then I was going to ask you this, and I think you've already said it, but maybe, maybe not. But for me, yep. like for me, when I was changing my, like pretty much turning my life upside down, it was like, I always look back, people say, well, what was the turning point? Cause like I've been dieting mm-hmm. my whole life, trying to lose weight, trying mm-hmm. to get in shape. Not, and I would have yep. like a little success and then it would fall back. And people ask me, you know, what was the turning point? And it was, it was actually incredibly specific. And when I say this story, I want to say to my family, this was my fault. This was this way. This was nobody else's fault, but my own. So I don't, I'm not placing blame on anyone, but um, there was this moment where we were having cake for a party. And my son, my youngest Mm -hmm. son, who was probably like seven, then seven or eight, um, I gave the first um, piece of cake to my husband and 
my son said, oh, I want the first piece of cake. And I said, well, <clears throat> excuse me. I said, well, who, what do you think the order should be then? You know, let's see what you think. And he said, well, I should get it first, then dad, then Sam, who's his brother, then Franny, who's the dog, and then Peeny, who's yep. the cat. Oh, my God. I didn't make the list. <gasps> so I suddenly realized, like, after that night at that moment, I went, I am teaching my boys the wrong lesson. I am not yep. teaching them that I matter and that I yep. that I need to take 100%. care of myself. And so, like, it was that yep. exact moment that I went, mm. I'm going, I'm starting to take care of myself. And I started doing what I yep. call um, uh, pulling back on services. <laughs> yeah, so no, like, it's so true. I'm like, you all can learn how to do laundry. You'll be okay. Because yep. I'm, I'm working full yep. time. I'm commuting an hour yeah. and a half each day. And I'm ru yep. you know, running a household. I'm like, they will all be okay. And um, I look back on it now and, you know, my sons are just have grown my one's an adult, one's 15. And they're just like amazing yep. men. And I think that had yep. I not changed my behavior, they would have had a different outcome, like their trajectory changed as well. And so 100%. Yeah, I love that you're looking at all of that with people, because we just need that defining moment to go never, you know, no more. 100%. And it's so interesting. I absolutely love that you've just told me that because the whole reason I came up with the name, the me project is that we need to focus on ourselves in our own life occasionally and that it's not actually selfish and that you're a better mother, you're a better father, you're a better partner, you're a better employee, you're a better, a better boss if you actually take care of yourself. And I think I came up with the idea when I was on an airplane once and they, they said that, you know, an oxygen mask will fall, put it on you first before you put it on somebody else. And I think that something that changes physiologically for people when they have children is they they have to take care of their child mm -hmm. because they can't fend for themselves and it's a really difficult transition to make as a parent to to go from prioritizing your children to recognizing that you need to be a priority as well to be a better mom or to be mm -hmm. a better dad and it's interesting that that was your experience because when you think about it you pulling back is what has made them more responsible adults. Oh, absolutely. And they absolutely. wouldn't have had to be if you'd taken care of them, like completely. Right. So, but it's the whole guilt. Like it's an incredibly, you feel incredibly guilty if you are putting time into yourself because it's an indirect way of showing the people that are in your life that they matter and that you love them unconditionally by taking care of yourself. Right. But it, yeah, and it's a really big transition when that's not your pattern. Mm. So like I, when I yeah. talk with um, new parents or people who are newly getting mm. married and starting a family, I'm like, okay, let me tell you how this needs to go. Let me give you some yeah. wisdom from the other side of that. Like start, I yeah. mean, because I look at myself when I was a kid, uh, my, my mom yep. stayed at home and she was amazing. We had a, you know, I had a really great childhood, yeah. but Yep. She did do everything. She did a lot for us, yep. but we also had chores back then, back in the old days. You know, yeah. We had lots yep. of chores. Yep. Yep. Totally. So what I didn't what I didn't realize is <coughs> I was doing everything for my kids because I felt guilty being away all day, right? Um, at work. Totally. And so yep. but what happened is they missed that really great gift of be building their own self confidence yep. and building their own self awareness yep. of how to take care of themselves. So totally. this whole thing of like doing everything for them wasn't serving yeah. anybody nobody yeah yep. exactly so, yeah yeah exactly so I love that you're focusing on that with the way you're working with yeah. the people you train and with your projects because um it's so much more than how many reps or how much I eat mm -hmm. it's a whole yes, mindset 100%. shift yeah totally and how sustainable is that for the rest of your life to simply focus on that like that gets 
really boring. Right. Like my boyfriend lost a lot of uh, weight last year um, doing uh, counting macros and doing, you know, keto diet stuff, which I like, I think all of that stuff works, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I, I, you know, we've talked so much this year about do like, you know, is this sustainable for the rest of your life? Like, can you go somewhere and weigh what you're eating? Can you, you know, do you want to talk in terms of carbs and protein and fats for the rest of your life? Or do you want to be able to, you know, be relaxed about what you're eating yet still feel the way that you want to feel, which is good about your body? Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. Really, it is because Mm. like I, for for my own body, it seems like the minute mm. I look at a carb, I gain weight. Yeah. Okay. But then, yeah. and I, I have like some sort of superpower of gaining fat really fast, like body fat. Whereas like my girlfriend, <laughs> she's got a superpower of gaining muscle. Like she can't do too many reps. If she's going to be a bodybuilder. So she doesn't want to do that. So I, I want to be that. Fair. I know it's so not fair. It's so <laughs> not fair. But the, but the point yeah. is like, I always felt like I, it was that I was lazy or something was defective in me. No, it's just the way my body yeah. works. Right. And, um, and you got to work with it, not against right. it. And right. I think that we're like, we're, we're always in conflict with our body. And I, I mean, I can only speak from a female perspective cause that's the one that I have, but it's like, I know growing up there's pressure like from everywhere to look a certain way. And mm-hmm. so I, like actually hated my body. Like I was like, I hate it. It doesn't do what I want. It doesn't look like that girl. It doesn't fit into these jeans. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. And those kinds of toxic thoughts create a, a toxic a reaction basically. So it's right. like, I then didn't feed my body exactly what it needed to be fed. I, you know, I would, you know, try and starve myself and not eat. I would overtrain. I would do all of these really, you know, damaging behaviors and then still wonder why my body didn't reflect you know, what I wanted it to. And it's like, when I started to realize that my body is actually amazing and it, it does do what I asked it, that shifted everything. And all of a sudden it wasn't, it wasn't about the food. It was just about nurturing it. And it's like, when you think about how you behave, let's say at work or something, if you have a boss that treats you badly, tells you you're terrible at everything, like you don't do a good job. And yet that is what we're conditioned to do in terms of our body. And it just doesn't make sense. It actually works. Like I have a mantra. I love my body. It does everything I ask of it. And it's funny because I was saying to my boyfriend, I'm like, you need to say my mantra every day. And you could tell he was like, you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, start craving that. But I'm like, it works. It totally does. (laughs) So what is your next um, urban heartbeat trip? Do you have that figured out yet? Uh, well, yeah. So I really want to run one to Melbourne. That's kind of my oh. goal. I want to run one to Australia because I think that a lot of people will, so many people that I was meeting um, that I met while I was away, uh, they're like, oh, I'd love to come to Australia. I'd love to do that. And I was like, oh, I want to show you. I want to show you where I live and what I do and how much I love it and why I continue to live here. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely what I want to do um, in summer, which is like, you know, December, January, February oh. here in Australia. Nice. No, it's crazy. And um and then not I'm not sure about next year. I know that my business partner really wants to actually do a South America trip and we definitely go Europe uh, at some point. So I'm 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 kind of open to anywhere, but I think New York will always be on the list. That's awesome. I mean, I I think it's great that you're taking it so many different places. I'm like, when can I get yeah. on that? When can I get on one of those? Yes, I'll have yes, to pay attention. Totally. <laughs> I know it's it's such a great it's 
it's such a great experience for people. And I think that travel is one of those things that people can get, uh, they, they can find it really daunting and they just don't even know where to begin. And then, you know, to actually do it and go is such an incredible growth experience for people. Mm -hmm. And the way that I actually like to do it is that they come home and whatever it was that, that was, you know, not perfect in their life, wasn't going well, whether it's their job or their relationship or, you know, their body stuff, it's like they come home and they're, they want to make the changes to it. So I don't just treat it like a really great vacation. I treat it like an opportunity for, you know, shaking things up. <laughs> like a reset. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like you're doing. Just yeah. Different just a different kind of <laughs> yeah, reset. Exactly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's so exciting. I just love all the work you're doing. I'm so grateful that oh, you found you. your way to, um, share it with people because you're having such a great impact all around everywhere. You oh, turn. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's really cool. Cause it's like, I just, it, it, ever since I was little, I remember I used to, you know, say to my family, I'm like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to, and they're like, okay, oh. Jay, whatever. And I was like, I'm not sure how, but I, I have to, like, I have to make people happy and I have to, you know, make them like their life. And I, I never knew how to do it. And it's been really cool this last year. I've just, you know, like I, it, it's happened in so many different ways and, mm. and I get to do it every day, which is really cool. I know that is the coolest thing that every, I mean, all these things that you're creating, you're actually part of every single day. That's amazing. Like that's yeah. what people want. I'm like, I'm like envious again. I told you I would be aspired to be, like, I'm like, I coming on the call. I'm like, I just want to be like her, but not like her, her, but like me, her and do, <laughs> do all the things that, you know, it. yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I know exactly what you mean. I'm like, I'm very, I'm very flattered. <laughs> okay. So is there anything else that, that you think people really need to know about you that we don't know that would like, fill out the full picture oh I don't know I'm like that's a really good question I feel like I'm such an oversharer uh -huh. that it's like nothing about me is <laughs> secret <laughs> to like a lot of my friends and like you know my family and poor Jake gets brought up like all the time like my boyfriend because I just am like oh if something's happening it's like you know, someone has to say to me, Jane, this is a secret. Don't tell everybody because otherwise I'll just tell everybody everything. So is there something on your bucket list that is people wouldn't expect like um, on my bucket list that I'm starting to tell people. So maybe it will actually happen is I really want to yeah. be part of, of, of a flash mob. You know, where oh people, my God, that's so funny. Where people stop yes, and dance. sing in the middle of somewhere and dance like and yeah. do a big choreograph thing. I want to be that in that somewhere. That is make it happen I know get I know. your friends I'll do it with you I keep trying to do it in yeah. the grocery store with my son and he's like super embarrassed. <laughs> he's like, I feel like he is not I feel like as you see the 15 year old yes. I feel like that would be his worst nightmare it to is. do a flash mob with his mom in the grocery store well almost as bad as his mom doing it by herself in the grocery store <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's so, so funny. Do you know you should try and organize it for the CrossFit Games next year? <gasps> you could get a, that's a, a plan idea. and you can make it like Jane Fonda style, like aerobic style. Oh, that would be so funny. I know. That's a great idea. <laughs> and then you'll be there so you can be part of it too. I'll totally do it. Yep. Okay. I'm like the worst dancer you've ever seen. I don't know if you saw um, my boyfriend was going through my Instagram last night because he was putting parts of it onto the website and he was laughing at all of the 
videos that I've put up of me looking like a complete idiot. <laughs> and he's like, you are not afraid of showing people that side of you. And I'm like, it's a big part. <laughs> like, it's like <laughs> mostly what I like. But there's this video, we did a dance class as part of Urban Heartbeat in New York and it was the best. I loved it. And I'm the worst dancer ever and like the actual worst dance ever, but I love it. And so I'm not sure you want me on your flash mob team, but uh, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll do my best and it's I'll learn all the moves. It's really unlikely <laughs> you're the worst dancer ever, but um, <laughs> we all say that about ourselves, but yes, flash mob will do totally. it. It's okay. Cross games, yes. 2018 flash mob organized by Jane and glistening particles. I'm Got totally it. There. Okay. I am totally there. It's official. But in terms of your question, I don't know. Like I don't even have a bucket list I guess because I'm I'm quite impulsive and like we talked about this at the start I'm very instinctual and intuitive and it's like if something comes up for me I just have to do it and um so I it does often take things a long time to come up for me but I actually like I'm fully like I feel like I need to ask Jake I'm like what I've ever said that I need to do (laughs) I really like I'm like I really don't know I know that I've got a list of like you know, I'd love to be, I always make a joke in my family that I'm going to be on Ellen one day and oh. anytime because I'm the youngest and, um, you know, my family are all like, yeah, Jane, whatever. Like, you know, they, they don't even listen to my podcast or anything. They, they're, they're great. I love my family so much, but they're like, whatever, whatever it is you're doing, you just, you, as long as you're happy. But, wait, um, wait, wait, I keep they, saying, they don't listen to your podcast? No, I make my dad, but no, my brother and my sister don't listen and they're both lawyers and, um, and they're hilarious, but no, they don't listen to my podcast. I know. So they say that they hear enough from me. Oh, but still, (laughs) it's such a a great learning. They can learn from it. That's the thing. Um, Thank okay, you so, so much. I appreciate that. We have to get I'll get you on Ellen. So that's going to happen in, two, yes. uh, in the next year. That will happen. Um, I guess you just can email yes. her and say you want to be on her. So, that's a great idea. It's not even, I'm Imagine not even kidding. You know. There's actually, that's, that's what people do. So Well, it's amazing because everything else that I've created has just come from just asking for it. Like as in, it's like, so it's, I, I'm gonna. I'm putting this on a list right now. Email Ellen. Okay, okay so <laughs> I'm gonna see that in like a week. No, no, no. Here's what you have to do. Okay, okay. Here now. Can okay. you? Okay, can you imagine? Just picture this. Okay, this is gonna work. Mm-hmm. Okay, picture Ellen doing the ski erg. Okay, <laughs> yes. just picture it. All right. So right yep. there. So what you need to do is. Um, send her a video of do, you doing like yep. your maddest blast of skier uh, rotations or whatever they're called, ergs, whatever they are. Yep. Yep. Send her that and say you want to do a challenge with her. And if she will do that challenge, you will do a dance off with her. Oh, my God. That is the greatest. Okay. And so send her a video request. Yes. Yep. Do it. I'm going to do this today, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> then if that to. happens, and if I on Ellen, I'm coming to the audience. You can be my plus one. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Because that's what I always say to my family. I'm like, you're not coming to Ellen. And they're like, you're not going to Ellen. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> so it's you totally are my happening. plus one because you've okay. always believed in me. <laughs> Since I've known you like the whole four months. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the oh, best. Gosh. I'm no- this is crazy. I'm like so lit up about this. I'm not even going to sleep tonight. I'm like so excited no, for I'm you. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's totally okay. This is the best part of one of the best parts, not the best part, but one of the best parts of podcasting is the excitement and the energy that happens during it. And totally. It's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. 
Now we know people will find you on Ellen and we know that they can find mm-hmm. you on Instagram. <laughs> where else, yes. uh, let's, let's tell people where else they can find you or we'll be talking for like another two hours, which is how this goes. Yes, yeah. I know. I feel like this is exactly the direction we're going right now. <laughs> I, um, I am on, yeah, so Instagram, Jane.Urbacker. And then my new website is www.janeurbacker.com, which is J-A-N-E. E-R-B-A-C-H-E-R. And I found that when I was spelling my surname in America, people couldn't tell the difference between an E, an A, and an R. So <laughs> you were probably like... Would you like me to respell it for you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah, so figure it out. It was funny. One of my friends um, was like, I think that you need a different surname because it's like, <laughs> it's really hard for people to find you. And I'm like, oh... Okay, well, I mean, that's the one I have. So, I feel so is like it like a lot of pressure? Gonna have to deal yeah. with a lot of pressure to get married. Thank is you, that what's happening? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, my brother's getting married in two days, and um, and I think it's really made me feel like weddings are really hard work. Like, I'm a bit, uh, I'm like, I feel weddings are very stressful before, mm-hmm. and then during, it's like the best event ever. So. I don't know. I'm not feeling a huge pressure to get married, but maybe to change the name. My boyfriend's name is no easier though. Oh, so I feel okay. like a different boyfriend. That is, that is the, <laughs> that you wrote, right? <laughs> <laughs> so no weddings. We're not going to plan any weddings. We'll just stick with the Ellen plan. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So um, I can't thank you enough for hanging out with me. Like I want to be your new, new best friend now. And I want to hang out some more. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so, because I am new. So, um, but we need to talk again and kind of keep in touch and look for some more fun ways to connect. Um, Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for sitting out in the cold and enjoying the sunshine, but still a little bit freezing, right? (laughs) Totally. I did have a little bit of rain in the middle there as well, just a sprinkling, just to get every season in one day. Oh, seriously? (laughs) But it's fine now. It's like quite mild and I can see the blue sky. It's beautiful. So it was my pleasure. I've actually had the best time talking to you. And I'm like, I'm so grateful that you've, you've had me on your podcast. Well, I'm so glad glad to have you. And I look forward to um, watching all of this stuff continue to unfold. So take care. Thank you so much. And we will meet you one of these days this year in the next year. Okay. You definitely will. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh, I was having so much fun. I did not want to get off that call, but it was time. Anyway, I really hope that we will be seeing this Ellen situation happen really soon because that would be so fun to watch and how lucky that I'll get to be the plus one. Too bad for her family, right? Anyway, the thing I really took away from the conversation with Jane, aside from just all the coolness and amazing things she's working on, is the whole thing about... um, sticking it out once you find that thing and instead of going oh what's the next shiny thing really continuing to like fine-tune and hone become a master at the craft of the thing that you're doing and that's really how I feel about this show so hopefully when I go back and listen to episode one and episode 50 and episode 100 I'll see that it's getting better and better and hopefully you're thinking that too thanks for listening everyone I really appreciate it take care So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next 
some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.